Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Jetcetra. This is episode 9 of our podcast. I'm Steve Lyons, the sports editor to Free Press. I'm sitting here in this little room in our newsroom with Mike McIntyre, our sports columnist. And um, did I say this already, episode 9? You did, yes. But it's worth celebrating. It's so nice, <laughs> you might as well say it twice. We should have a 9 up or something like sure. that. Sure. I'm still fighting this cold. Have you heard about the 100-day cold? The hundred day cold? Yeah, everybody's no. got the hundred day cold. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going around. Yeah, everybody and got it. They know it's a hundred days because there are people who've already had it for that long, I or that's so, how long yeah. they forecast well, it will. Happen. There's a whooping cough that's known as the hundred day okay. cough. Right. Um, I'm not sure that we all have whooping cough, although sometimes it feels like it. But most people are describing it as the hundred day cold that's going around Winnipeg. Huh. Yeah, and I seem to have. It. I know a lady. I go to the gym with her. Um, she's had it since before Christmas, yeah. And she's, you know, fit, healthy lady, yeah. It's interesting, uh, this ties in with the Jets. Randy Carlisle, yesterday at his Hall of Fame sort of induction, mentioned that <clears throat> his two sons were supposed to be coming to Winnipeg to celebrate. One of them, though, had to stay behind. And he made a po- he actually said he came down with influenza B. Wow. I've never heard somebody... I guess with the coronavirus <laughs> now, you almost have to be really specific about you what label you have. What's your d- d- I guess, illnesses, yeah. and I mean, I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on TV. But what's influenza B versus, say, influenza A? Is there a difference? No idea. Which is the worst? I don't know. I'm looking to Jen, our they producer here. She's good. A, yeah, we're also here with Jen Zarati. She's yeah, our she producer she is this. a doctor, I believe. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You've interviewed doctors, so you have more expertise than us. I'm but, not sure uh, I've ever interviewed a doctor. Maybe. Oh yeah, maybe like for the. Uh, for a football doctor, maybe. Yeah, I covered a lot of... Are they of... a real doctor, a football doctor? I think, I think they are, yeah. <laughs> I think they are. Let's hope that they are. Uh, uh, speaking of doctors, an, an amazing... Uh, uh, this is totally a tangent here, but an amazing work by the doctors... I knew where you were going with Saint this. St. Louis, Louis Blues bench last night, Jay Bowmeister collapsed. They might have uh, saved his life. Yeah, what happened? Well, he had a, they called it a cardiac episode right. on the bench. He had just finished, like, I think about it. It was a long shift, about a minute 20, minute 30. That's a long shift by NHL standards. And and for shoveling as well. Yeah. Uh, so he had just come off, and he was seated on the bench. If you see the video, he yeah, sort of appears. Bit, just falls yeah, down, he's, yeah, he just falls over, and his teammates immediately are kind of waving frantically and uh, kudos. It was actually, I guess, the Anaheim because the game was in Anaheim, so yeah. it was. They had their physicians. I mean, I think there are there is medical staff that travel with teams, but of course, the home team would have more resources, including paramedics like in the real building. doctors, real doctors for <laughs> sure. Um, so, like the Jets, for example, there are team doctors. They're present at every game, and they have all kinds. But they of don't st- travel with the team. I don't think they do don't. They? No, because right. the, again, the expectation is whatever building you're in, they would have their physicians there. So, and it runs the gamut. There's surgeon, and there's dentist, and and whatnot. So, so have we heard today how he's doing. I think he's doing okay. Yeah, he is doing okay. Today, he was right? yeah. and and um, I guess adding to the distress. This is the dad's trip. Like Jay oh, Bomeister, that oh. all the dads were there, and oh, wow. Bomeister's dad actually ran down to the bench when he saw this happening. I mean, my goodness. Um, <clears throat> I've never so, met Joe, uh, Jay Bolmeister. I have. Terrific guy. Absol- he looks like one of the, just the nicest young men. He is. is he's he, an is awesome true? guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's he's well-traveled, right? He just he, has that look on his face. He does, yeah. yeah. He started his career in Florida, then he was with Calgary, right. and, and now with St. Louis. Um I I love talking to him. He's a great guy, and he's he's one of those teammates that everybody loves, and nobody has a bad word to say. So no, it looks like um, 
I mean, more testing. And anytime you hear about a cardiac episode involving a an athlete, you worry, uh, of course, and, and what does it mean for the future? I don't think anybody's thinking about his long-term career right now. They're just... Uh, yeah, they're happy that he's For alive. sure, and they, they did something which... When's, when's the last time an NHL game got cancelled or postponed, which is what they did? Don't know. That's what I rely on you to tell me. I think there was one a few years ago. Was it Rich Peverly of the Dallas Stars also had a cardiac episode? And it's usually, There's been a few, and it's usually because of that. Right, there's and it actually... Guy, the, the Red Wing guy too, right? Yeah, uh, and the Manitoba Moose were involved in that game with Craig Cunningham, right. of course, right. uh, in the AHL where right. he had the the heart attack right. and... and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it does happen, but kudos to the medical staff uh, for getting there quickly, and by all accounts, the, uh, uh, their intervention did, did some right. great things. Breaking news today, today yeah. being Wednesday, February the something. What is the date today? I don't know. Tenth? January 80th. 12th. Wow, it's the 12th. Okay, yeah. yeah. We should know that it's Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, yeah. Yeah, we should gauge it all on that. You can take um, your sweetie so to a Jets game on uh, on Friday. I'll pass on that. Yeah. Um, uh, um, <laughs> It's against the Sharks, too. So you can come and boo Evander Kane. What, a, what better way to Yay. spend Valentine's Day? So uh, today, breaking news this morning, is that um, Paul Maurice, the Jets coach, has been given a multi-year contract extension. Um, interesting timing on it. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Well, this would have been a tougher sell two weeks ago. It might have been an impossible sell in this market two weeks ago when the Jets were have to go back and do them. I believe they had won just five of 18 and they were, you know, completely going into the all-star break. They were a team in disarray. So imagine, imagine trying to sell a contract extension in a year where it looked like the team was kind of spiraling out of control. Now, now I'd suggest to sell it to who? I don't think True North uh, worries gives, about, a, uh, gives a heck. I don't know. I mean, that, really I think kind of my I, I would normally agree with you, but just look at, um, Look at some of what they've tried to do to to throw a bone to the fans lately. Yeah, yeah, I think they're yeah, I think they're yeah. increasingly aware of the sentiment. That doesn't mean they're running their business to appease they the fans either. They should sure. base their coaching decision on how fans will react. No, and nor should you base whether you retain a coach based on no. how a team plays for a week or two weeks. You Correct. have to look at the big picture. Right. Uh, and I think if you look at the overall picture of of this Jets season, I mean Paul Maurice, you and I have talked about this before. Given the cards that he's been dealt, and he absolutely has faults, no doubt about it. Every coach does. But I, I would argue Paul Maurice has done a pretty admirable job to get this group to where it is. And I think the most important thing, Steve, the he's not lost the room at all. I mean, players still talk about going through walls for him. Like, to me, that's the biggest sign. Uh, when you see, and there's been a lot of coaches fired this year in the NHL, I think seven you know, you, you hear of disconnects and, and whatnot, and players seem to stop playing for a guy. Uh, I don't sense that's the case at all with Paul Maurice. Um, so, no, I, I, I'll, I'll say that this is the hardest working, um, most tight-knit group of Jets that I've seen in, in, in their entire absolutely. time that they've been here. Yeah, so. We've it, seen that, of course, and it, it's not by design. This is not Paul Maurice telling his troops, you know, to go out and do this. It's generic where you get guys, you know, Nathan Beaulieu fighting and, and the mm -hmm. things that this team is doing for each other. I mean, even I, I noticed. I think it still starts with him, though. I think it does. He brings a certain. He, a culture. Um, he, he brings a certain attitude, a certain uh, uh, type of 
team that he wants to have right. to the rink, and 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 they've 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 really bought into that this year. I'll tell you one little thing. I don't know if even cameras caught it up, uh, caught it the other day, but uh, Neil Pionk he had that horrible giveaway uh, against the. Blackhawks. Oh, I can't keep track of the giveaways right. by the Jets. But remember the one where he flubbed on it and they <laughs> put it in the empty net against Lauren okay. Bressois. Sorry, right. it wasn't again. It was on. It was against Ottawa on Saturday. Uh, terrible giveaway. Terrible. Oh, I goal. do not watch Saturday afternoon hockey. Oh, okay. Ever. It's a rule. But here's the thing that <laughs> that stuck out to me on that. Uh, as soon as that happened, Pionk and Bressois went over to each other and actually gave each other like a fist bump, and it, it was. It was a tiny little thing, but to me, it spoke volumes about uh, this group and the tightness. So it wasn't Andre Pavlik blaming the No, defense? and no. you see <laughs> those goals, goalies that? break, right, yeah, or yeah, they'll yeah. smash their yeah, stick yeah. over. This was the complete opposite, right. and um, that tells me that the, 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 the attitude is right. Paul Maurice often talks about... Uh, he loves to talk about the bench was right, the room was right, and you, you know it's, it sounds cliche, but he does talk about that a lot, and I think there's a reason for He's that. A solid, I believe Maurice is the right guy for this team, this market, market, this group of players. Um, he, you know, he's he he's taken the team um, through transitions more than once, sure, and 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 is is experienced enough and professional enough that he's going to be able to do it again because there's a very good chance that this team will have to transition again right. uh, in whatever way that is. And uh, I have I have no issues with Paul Maurice being behind the uh, One behind of the, the big knocks that I see people say is he's too loyal to some of his plugs. Yeah. Uh, and he, in the, you know, whether it was Chris Thorburn in the past or Matt Hendricks or Mark Stewart, guys right. like that, um, I think Paul Maurice has shown the ability to change and adapt. And I think he's probably stepped out of his comfort zone more than ever this season. And the idea, for instance, that he doesn't play young players. I mean, he's got he's got Mason Appleton on the second line right now. He's got Jansen Harkins on the third line. He's got Sammy Niku in the lineup over other guys. So there's some stereotypes out there that I think people have their own narratives and they're trying to advance. But overall, I think it was the right choice. Obviously, the Jets are on a bit of a good run here, last night's results aside. So the timing kind of worked out really well. <laughs> Okay, so we're back for our second period of our Jet Cetera podcast. Um, you mentioned just before we went to the break there, Mike, uh, about the result last night. Jets lost to the Rangers Tuesday night, um, four to one. Uh, right? That was yes. The score. Yeah, and so um, that that leaves them four one and one in their last six games. They had got into the wild card spot a day ago. They're out of it this morning. Um, that's probably going to bounce back and forth for the rest of the season. I would imagine unless they were able to go on some sort of run where they were able to put some distance between themselves and those other teams or even catch Dallas. Um, I'm not sure that they have the team to do that. Um, but but having said all that, even though they're 4-1-1 one, and one in the last six, uh, how do you lose that game <laughs> last night at home? I mean, you have a, a, a you have a, a night where you're celebrating uh, Thomas Steen and Randy Carlisle being their their numbers being retired. You have all kinds of good things happening in the rink, and and um, is it just that the goalie was good for the Rangers in the first period, and the Jets didn't get a goal or two in the first, and then from there it just didn't go yeah. well for them? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly 
call it a hunch or a gut feeling. I've I've felt for a couple games now that there's there's a letdown coming, uh, especially after that those four games. I want specifically the two against St. Louis, the two big wins, um, the the great game against Boston that they still lost by a goal. But I think that was one of their best games of the year that the Jets have played. Uh, and then uh, the overtime loss to Nashville that was a pretty good effort. Those are four really tough games. Then the Jets get Ottawa, terrible team. Ottawa kind of hangs around, but ultimately the Jets' power play and Patrick Laine blow them out of the water. Then I thought the letdown was going to come the next night against Chicago, and it really looked like it, right? They fell behind 2-0. They were terrible in the first period. And then a funny thing happened. They woke up in the second and third, five straight goals and a win. So it's almost like, uh, the letdown that I thought might happen emotionally, if you get will. This whole letdown thing It's funny. I was talking to my boss this morning, and he was at the game last night, and he doesn't get it either. There's always this excuse. Yeah. There's a letdown because of well, it was the last. It was the first game of the homestand. Uh, there was a letdown because it was the last game of the road trip. Yeah. There's a letdown because well, we had a couple of tough teams. There's always this reason for a letdown. I'm gonna have a letdown today because I worked Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. Because it's Wednesday. I mean, I can't do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, I, I, and I don't get paid $8 million a year, uh, by the way. And so I do not understand that mentality where there's a letdown in, in, in effort or there's a letdown mentally, emotionally. Like, I'll tell you who agrees with you, Jack Roslevic, because after the game last night, um, one of the other reporters sort of phrased a question to him that was almost giving him that out. Yeah, like, served him up. Yeah, right, and, up but credit yeah. to Jack Rosovic, who actually said no. He said we can and we should be able to play the way we, like 82 nights a year, that it's not just. They had the, Monday off the whole day. Exactly. They didn't even practice. No, because they were away from the rink for sure. They got all day today off. Um, in one work day in three days. What's with the letdown? Uh, so <laughs> he said, and he, he he said exactly what you said. We get paid a lot of money. We should be able to show up and, and play hard for 82 games. So the yeah. idea that they played so hard in those earlier games ah. that they kind of, there was nothing left in the tank. Um well, they better get to the gym then, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, there's just human nature. I don't know. It is the idea that you do something. So, if we try and relate it to our jobs, uh, we write a great story. And the next day, you, you're so, you're still so buzzed about the great story you wrote that you only put half the effort into you your do next. Do that, Mike? I don't do that, Steve. And <laughs> if I did, I would not admit it to you here on the record. I can tell you that much. I mean, nobody good. Nobody, listen, everybody has days where they don't, you know, they're not, they're not hundred percent, right? Sure. I, I get that, but collectively as a team, oh my god, like all of them, yeah, you know, like is are they in sync? I somehow? mean, at the end like, of the night, the Jets still put up forty four shots last yeah, night. So and listen, the goalie was good. He, he was, was good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Russian kid uh, Shosturkin. <laughs> Who, for uh, that. yeah, he looks like, uh, Bless you. he's the, he's the heir apparent to King, King Henrik in right, New York. Right. I think he's seven and one now. He's been burning up the AHL. He was like the best goalie in the AHL and he's, uh, he's, he's a star. That's for sure. Although it looked like he was dead at one point last night when he got run over yeah. in his crease. And so you had a, you had, we, had, we also had a column this, this week, last week, Mike, um, a, a bit of a trade rumor that, uh, yes. came across your desk. And uh, when's the trade deadline? It is two weeks. It's 12 days from now. 12 days from now. Okay. A week from this coming Monday. Then today's the 12th, right? So that would be 24. 24. Yeah. We're so good with this, aren't we? <laughs> and so, uh, so 10 days after Valentine's Day. Yes. Um, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, anyway, so the Jets, still there's going to be lots of debate leading up to the trade deadline as whether the Jets are buyers or sellers or they stand pat on. I'll I say this now. I don't think they're going to be sellers. I don't think they're going to be sellers, yeah. And, and so, But a, a juicy trade rumor came along, and it was Kyle Connor going to, to the Colorado Avalanche for um, a guy that an 18-year-old. Tell me his name. Bowen, Bowen Byram, fourth yeah, overall yeah. draft so pick So we don't want summer. that guy here, period, because the spelling of his names <laughs> is too troubling. It's going to be typo after typo after typo. But anyways, so – we got to talking, you and I, about whether this would be a, a possible possibility and who's untouchable on the team. And, um, you know, the more that I've, I've looked at it, I, I don't think that necess- trading a guy like Cal Connor would necessarily be a bad idea. I'm not sure right now would be the idea, no. but maybe in the offseason. Yeah, you do it now, you're completely waving the white flag on this season so, because yeah. you're not getting anything back that helps right. you win today. Right. Uh, but for sure in the summer, if you're looking at, at – retooling or, or remixing your roster uh you know i think it's a good i think it'd be a good idea i think they yeah. need i need they need a defenseman so yeah. i got feedback on that of course and you know one Did of the ones the jets uh they weren't thrilled that that got out there what did they say well it's just they they don't like reporting on speculation or rumors or I mean, they to, literally say that. To yeah, you? but to Kyle Connor's credit, I mean, <laughs> it didn't really bother Kyle Connor, did it? Do we it? care what they? Care I, my column ran in Saturday's paper. Kyle Connor went out and had seven points on the weekend. <laughs> so I actually had one. Somebody joked about one of their team staffers joked about who I could write about next <laughs> uh, to, to kind of light a fire under the guy. Right, right, right. Um, uh, Kyle Connor was the second star of the week, leading scorer in the NHL last week. So. Uh, but yeah, on the on the you know people say to me, "Well, why would you trade Kyle Connor? Trade Jack Rosovic or Brian Little or Matthew Pro?" Folks, you're not getting you're not getting a a potential cornerstone franchise defenseman back for any of those players. Right. The only in my eyes, there's only three players probably on this Jets team that bring you that: Mark Shifley, who. He's not going anywhere. He's your number right. one center. You're not trading your top center who's on a ridiculously good value contract, yeah, even though Shifley isn't playing yeah. very well lately. Right. Still, $6 million a year. Yeah. Um, Patrick Laine or Kyle Connor. Patrick Laine, and I wrote this in the column, Steve. I mean, if you traded Patrick Laine today or even this summer, are you, potent- are you getting full value back for him? To me... Unless he goes on a wicked tear here and finishes with 40 goals this year. Which he might. He could. Um, I think you're almost selling low on him, which is not the way you would want to sell Patrick Laine. Because that could really come back to burn you. I think we've seen a more complete game from Patrick Laine this year. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I I was watching Laine a lot. I I really, really enjoyed his game last night. I have always been on the fence about Patrick Laine. Um, in these podcasts and in things that I've done with We Sick and Say What and uh, wondering how this guy is going to develop. And lately, um, the way that he's played aggressively, like a really, really strong power forward and scoring goals the way that that he is. And is he 22 now? 22. 22? Go back to the bossing him. Did you see him take a huge run at Zidane Ochara? That's six foot nine Zidane Ochara. Right. That was early in the game too. He is. He's a big guy. And you know, he's putting on some bulk and he's getting more confident in his, on his skates. Liney, I'm starting to think now is, Totally untouchable. There's an team, Evgeny yeah. Malkin 
power forward element yeah. there potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul Maurice has actually talked about if you watch Malkin, he often leads with his rear end, uh, which Maurice has talked about. Line needs to do more of that, and you see it sometimes about how he he just uses his body in a way to to make life difficult for opponents. So I think to me that leaves a guy like Kyle Connor for sure. Yeah, he's, he's a guy. winger. Yeah, the Jets have a surplus. If they have one position of depth, it's young, skilled wingers. So if you wanted to completely change the mix, and for example, if you don't think you can go out in free agency this summer and sign a, a top defenseman in free agency. How could you do that? You could do it via trade, and that's where a guy like Kyle Connor comes in. One final note, just worth noting, all three games on this homestand, the Colorado Avalanche have had scouts uh, up in the press box at the Jets games. They are watching the Jets. You're a rumor monger. <laughs> okay, we're back for our third period of our Jets Cetera podcast here, Mike. Um, also big news uh, this week. This is the uh, a section where we get away from the Jets and we talk about right. other things. I'm not sure that we need to remind people of that every time we do one of these, but for those of you who are just tuning in for the very first time, um, welcome. We get, yeah, welcome. We get away from the Jets and we talk about some other sporting things. Um, significant day, uh, significant week in the CFL for the Bombers uh, this this week as well. CFL free agency opened on Tuesday. On Monday, uh, the Bombers made their most, well, their one of two most significant signings yeah. of the offseason. Certainly getting Zach Kalaros back as quarterback was a significant signing. But on Monday, they uh, re-upped on, uh, on uh, defensive lineman Willie Jefferson. That's his first name, right? It is. It's Willie. Yeah. I'd argue <laughs> there were three significant signings, actually. Mike O'Shea being the first. Oh, sure. That was, the, that's well, right. there was rumors that he might... Like they wanted yeah, them. I never in. thought he was. No, me neither. But yeah. So Kalaros. Okay. So O'Shea, Kalaros, and now, um, and now uh, Willie Jefferson uh, on defense. They gave him a three-year deal, and the rumor is that he's getting about two hundred sixty-five grand a year. He took less money here. He did than he could have gotten in Toronto um, to try to help the Bombers maybe repeat. Um, if I look at the Bombers roster, if Zach Kalaros can stay relatively healthy for the entire season, and um, I think the Bombers have a, a good chance to They repeat. have, I believe they have every starting offensive piece back, save for the change at quarterback and that Matt Nichols and well, Chris Strebler, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so, they signed Darvin Adams, too, on Sunday. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, Michael Couture, their center, they signed yeah. on Monday. Uh, an excellent player. And, of course, they still have Andrew Harris. Uh, and uh, yes. So, I mean, the, the offense you would think should be as, I mean, again, depending on, I guess, Zach Clarison, whether he can stay upright the whole season because they, the backup plan that they have right now is not quite as deep, right. As, as what it was. I mean, when they had the two headed monster, it is different. different Sean McGuire is a different creature than Zach or than Chris Trevler, but I'd suggest McGuire is a better quarterback. Right, in yeah. in the pure sense of the, the word. Now, obviously, on, on defense, yeah, they've lost a couple pieces, and, um, you know, they'll have to try and... And it doesn't sound like the Bombers have any money left to go out and spend, that they kind of used the money that they had to... to yeah, they got Josh Johnson to replace... From Edmonton, uh, yeah. To, to replace Winston Rose type of he thing. He three picks in the, in the playoff game last He's year. He's an yes. excellent player. He, yeah. was, uh, he was a really, really good player for Ottawa a couple of years ago when they won the Grey 
Cup, and um, he's a really good player. Yeah, yeah. Marcus yeah. Sales, he a went to player. the NFL, right? And went to Rose, yeah. And went to Rose. So, yeah, I mean, they've lost a couple pieces, but this is almost continuing a theme with the Bombers. The Bombers last offseason brought back a good majority of the team that had come up just short the previous year, and that paid off. Whereas we saw just a whirlwind of change in the rest of the CFL. The Bombers kind of went with the status quo, and, and it paid off in a great cup victory. Naturally, you would want to then try and retain as many of those pieces as, as you could. Um, I guess the other big piece this offseason that's departed on the coaching staff is Paul Apolise. Buck Pierce will get a chance to uh, to run the offense. Although I wonder, Steve. I mean, you got to think Michael Shea plays a big part in that, anyways, right? Is that a I, I is that a big so. deal? I think that if there's one, I think if there's one question mark going into the season for the Bombers, I would point at that one. Right. Um, I'm I'm not familiar. I'm not going to put down Buck Pierce. I thought he was a you know a great quarterback and a, and he's a I warrior. Lo- Love the way he played, and he's a really really nice man. And I don't know his um, level of uh, um, understanding of how to run a, a CFL offense other than being a quarterback. Yeah. Lapo had a lot of experience. Uh, Lapo Lease took a lot of time to go to a lot of different coaching seminars. And he he really, really worked hard at his craft and, and, and will be really missed. He was he was a genius quarterback, uh, uh, offensive coordinator. Right. So... Um, I'm not sure how how well Buck Buck might be just as good. We'll see, you know, and it'll be different having a, you know, Zach Claros as your quarterback as opposed to all the different ways that they try to sure. manufacture offense over the last few years. I suppose in that sense, there's the potential that the Bombers could be a little more predictable on offense this year without the wild card, uh, yeah, that well, they've I, had, yeah, a little bit more. I think that, but I think that their that predictability really that Zach Claros was in the Grey Cup as a really good quarterback who can drop back and throw a 50-yard pass on a dot Yes, um, in the end zone to Darvin Adams, et cetera, et cetera. They didn't have that. Do you know what I mean? Like that's – I don't mind that kind of predictability sure. from a team. Like, you know – Matt Nichols, of course, ends up in Toronto. I guess it's like when the game of musical chairs kind of finished, there was really only one place left for him to go, right? And yeah. He believes you know, they, he's going to be the starter there, and uh, yeah, he believes that. Yeah, they got that Bethel three-year deal. But, Would yeah. you give Matt Nichols a three-year deal? Uh, no, <laughs> um, I uh, no, I wouldn't. Um, you know, I I was never a huge Nichols fan in that I never thought that he was going to be the guy that got them over the top. What I will say about Matt Nichols is he's a guy that brought a lot of stability to the franchise here. Um, they were they were going through quarterbacks right. every other year, right? Just they, I can't even remember how many <laughs> different quarterbacks there was, and. And once they got him from Edmonton in that midseason there five years ago or so, um, he brought a lot of stability to the team. He got them to the playoffs. But I, I just never felt like he was going to be a guy that would win me a Grey Cup, right? Sure. Uh, Claros uh, is a different type of, of, of quarterback in that regard. So he might bring some stability to Toronto. I mean, it's some certainty yeah. in his play if he can stay healthy. You're right about Nichols in that once he got to Winnipeg and kind of settled that position down, it certainly allowed Kyle Walters and company to focus on other areas yeah. that needed to improve, and they yeah. certainly did did that. Uh, they, They're a solid franchise now. I, I, I think that uh, Walters and Wade Miller and Michael Shea and – Listen, we've taken lots of shots sure. at them as well. Uh, I think O'Shea has really developed as a coach. I think that um, if you asked me, 
and, and I do get people asking me this or whatever about O'Shea and the Bombers, is that it, what I think that O'Shea has brought and established is a certain type of play that the Bombers are going to play on a week-to-week-to-week-to-week basis, and they're always going to play that same way, and they will potentially like manhandle teams physically. Right, which they, we saw. We certainly that saw that in the playoffs. We sure did, The yeah. Bomber defense in the yeah. three victories they there. They play I mean, smash mouth football. Right, and I, I remember post-Grey Cup, somebody asked Mike O'Shea, or said it looked like – it looked like there were 12 Mike O'Shea's out yeah. on the field. And Mike O'Shea sort of humbly said, I'd never make this team. Like in my prime, Mike O'Shea wouldn't have, and that was, he was paying credit yeah, to, I don't know about to, that, I don't know about that yeah, either. Yeah. Um, Mike O'Shea in his current state would not have made the team. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a great sign, isn't it? When guys are willing to take less to stay in Winnipeg. I saw Kyle Walters had an interesting quote the other day. He said he remembers when he first came to Winnipeg, how they'd have to overpay in free agency they were having to you know twenty thousand yeah, 30 thousand to get right. guys to come here right. now the opposite is true they're getting guys willing to take a shave uh just to stay part of this culture all right folks we're back for our overtime period uh mike uh yesterday uh pet pitchers Petchers and Kitchers and Kitchers uh, reported this spring training for baseball. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm always Be- excited with beautiful spring time training here. because a it's a sign that it's going to be spring soon. Even here, of course, it's Winnipeg. minus a million outside today. It's so super yesterday did today. kind of feel like spring. It's today, sunny today though, yeah, great. <laughs> it's a sunny cold. It lures you in. <laughs> My car barely started to get here today. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I have a garage. Thankfully, we do Don't not. Do you have a garage? No, we do oh, not. Oh. Okay. No. Well, sorry to hear that, Mike. <laughs> do you plug it in? I do, but okay. it's an old car, and uh, so that doesn't even work some days. So, <laughs> what kind of old car? I think we've been down it's a this. It's 2007 Pontiac Pursuit. <laughs> My wife's do got they, the better they don't even car. Make Pontiac? No, anymore. I know they don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's an oldie. It's a relic. Okay. Um. Uh, but yeah, pitchers and catchers, great time of year. Um, I mean, opening day is, although they're starting, MLB starts earlier. Do you see like opening day this year is like March 25th or oh, something? is it? Okay. It used to be that baseball didn't start till April. April 5th or so. Like right. That now they're yeah. starting it in late March, yeah, which is which going, is incredible. Yeah. All the seasons seem to be starting earlier and ending later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, the World Series off. still goes into like, Halloween. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, so opening day is, um, I guess, a month and a half away. And uh, we're both Blue Jay fans, of course. Um, so I, I'm, I've been happy to see some of the developments, like the Boston Red Sox, they've come kind of, coming apart at the seams, right? Yeah. Which is good news for the Jays. I mean, first their manager got, got axed because of the... The Houston cheating scandal, Joey Cora, and then now they just like who would have thought of a world where the Boston Red Sox would have to sell, like they couldn't afford an MVP. Boston should be able to afford any player, right? But they traded Mookie well, Betts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a bizarre world. It is, yeah, uh, to say the least. So, I mean, the Yankees probably are still kings in the AL East this year, and. Uh, the Jays have improved. Looks like they've improved on paper anyways. Curious yeah, to see. They, they've certainly improved their pitching. And, and Did and, I tell and you we're actually taking a family trip in August? Um, yeah, you my son, it. Yeah, and so my son's birthday is August 20th, and we're going to be at Yankee Stadium watching the Blue Jays play the Yankees on nice. his birthday wow. in August, which we're very much looking forward to. Where are you going? To. You're going to the New York area? Yeah, staying, staying right in New York. We're going for five days, and uh, our kids have never been 18 and, and 15, so our daughter's 
huge into theater, musical theater and stuff. So we're going to go see a couple musicals. And um, yeah, I love New York, one of my favorite cities in the world, I for sure. I have not been in ages. Um, I should probably go back. So, okay, so baseball, it's got a... Yeah, a bit of a black cloud There's hanging a stink. over it. There's a bit of a black cloud hanging over it. Um, I don't, I don't know that I'm paying a whole lot of attention to that. It's kind of drama. It's interesting or whatever. But I still, you know, for me, I still like the idea of of of, of baseball and and spring and and it's kind of new and yeah. there's like it's. Uh, I, I, hope. I think they want to put this behind them for sure. As they can. Did you see uh, Marwin Gonzalez, who's a member of the? 2017 Astros he actually came out he's the first player to actually come out and apologize oh, and say okay. and he actually said I don't know if we would have won the World Series that year if we didn't cheat so Whoa. yeah that's that is uh, that's something uh, to come out and say that I see that uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred is going to uh, bring in um, some rules about uh, the new technology and stuff yes. so I look forward to that and um um, anyways, look forward to uh, another baseball season and, and chatting with you about that. And we're, get, we're getting the wrap up from Jen to shut yes. up. <laughs> so we should probably do that. Episode and, nine. Uh, now, when we come back for episode 10 in a couple weeks, yeah. it's going to be a couple days after the trade, after deadline, the trade so deadline. So we should have plenty to talk about. Uh, trade deadline is the 24th. So we'll you. see uh, what things look like then. Take care, folks. Okay.